on your Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors is being one of the coolest players in the NBA draft enough to overlook some potential fit concerns for the Toronto Raptors. We'll get into Anthony Black in the case for the Raptors to look at him if he falls to 13 on today's show. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, June the 7th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can go and follow the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. You can join the Locked On Raptors Discord server, which is super fun. Really friendly, just a lovely, lovely time, a great growing community around the show. If you want to join the sickos in the Discord, please join the link in the description and uh, come hang out. It's a lot of fun, and that'll be the place to be, I think, on NBA Draft Night, which is just two weeks and a day away now for your Toronto Raptors and, I suppose, the rest of the NBA. A reminder, you can also find the show for free. Wherever you get your podcasts, go and uh, check out on the audio apps, leave ratings, reviews. That's always helpful. And then, of course, on YouTube, please hit the big red subscribe button. Even if you're not going to be a daily video viewer, that's fine. Just subscribe so we got the stats, baby. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed all right welcome in everybody hope everyone's uh staying indoors and watching toronto raptors podcasts or listening to toronto raptors podcasts instead of being out in the smoky hellscape that is southern ontario right now if that's where you're listening from uh so hopefully this next 30 minutes can be a bit of a a way for you to kill the time as you wait for the air to become breathable once again isn't the future great uh the future could be really great for today's subject anthony black who is of course a 6-7 point guard out of arkansas been projected as a top 10 pick most of the season but potentially there's some room for him to drop down here tied to the guy we talked about yesterday Bilal koulibaly the french prospect teammates of victor Wembanyama. Seems to be rising up draft boards. Teams in the top 10 seem to be at least looking at him as a potential fit with them. The Utah Jazz come to mind at number 9. And that is going to leave someone squeezed. That's going to leave someone in that sort of projected top 10 range to fall down, potentially into the Raptors' laps at 13. Anthony Black, very much a candidate for this. He's a bit of a polarizing prospect, it seems. And, you know, I think it's really all down to the shooting. If he were a better three-point shooter, I don't think there would be any polarization whatsoever. Because the thing about Anthony Black is that he's one of the coolest players in this entire draft class. And look, I think this draft class rocks. Those who listen to this show know that I'm not much of a draft head. I typically uh, just, it's not my favorite time of year. I, I, I trust the experts. They go into it. I feel like I don't know a whole lot. And I ultimately think a lot of it is guesswork. And so I tend to, you know, wait till the draft happens and evaluate things after that. But I'm getting really interested in this draft class because all these players are so different. They have really interesting skills. And Anthony Black, 
among this group might be the coolest player of all. He is the exact type of player that I am liable to fall in love with. Someone who is an incredible passer, passing on the move. Just the, the, the playmaking chops on this kid are really, really impressive you have the size at six seven at point guard you know he can kind of make reads and pass over top of people um and I, I just i keep coming back to the passing and the connectivity he brings the sort of feel for the game the clear understanding of how basketball works and how his own movements on the court are going to manipulate other players movements on the court and what that's going to mean for his offense like he just has a really great grasp it seems of how basketball works and I really just love everything to there is about this guy when you watch him on film the the the, the playmaking is outstanding all that said I don't think he fits this Raptors team at all and it makes me very sad because if he were there at 13 I'd have a very hard time saying don't do it but he might be the coolest player who I will ever advocate for the Raptors to not select in the NBA draft and ultimately it comes down to that fit this would be a different story if he was a proven three-point shooter, if he was better than 30% in his freshman season, if he was a better than 70% free throw shooter that could give you at least an inkling of, okay, he's got the touch here, all of this. But right now, he's kind of branded as like a connector, a, a guy who's going to tie good players together. And to me, that's like the one area where the Raptors are pretty set. I think Jakob Perto, we talked about it down the stretch, the way he can kind of keep possessions alive with, all right, nothing worked here. Let's run it from the elbow, see if he's got something. Let's see if he can get an offensive rebound, keep things moving with his passing and kickouts. Um, you know, he's a connective type of player. He can make the play on the short roll and get it to the next guy, all of that. Uh, you know, Pascal Siakam, I think, can operate within that role. Absolutely. He might be the best pure playmaker on the team right now. Averaging north of five assists a game over these last couple seasons, like that's not nothing. He's a very good passer for his position. He absolutely can play that connector role. That's why I'm actually encouraged by what he could do as like a secondary guy on a team as well, because he's not just scoring. He's a lot more than that. And that's very valuable. And then Scotty Barnes, like quite literally, could grow into one of the game's great connective players with the playmaking he has to go along with all the other gifts he's got to sort of balance off that playmaking. And so I don't think Black is the best fit for this team because of all of that. You know, as much as I'm on the like on the train for watching a team where four of the five players in the starting five one day are all above average passers for their position, it's not called basketball. It's called basketball, and the Raptors need play finishers and play starters who can put the ball in the basket more than they need guys who can kind of keep possessions alive. They seem set in that range. And, you know, I also just think this team needs some stylistic diversity, some differentiation of skills. And I feel like Anthony Black, his playmaking where, and also his weaknesses, they kind of create redundancies and overlap and sort of exacerbate problems within the team. We know they can't shoot adding someone else who figures to be a big piece of the team who can't shoot right now. That's a problem. Also, his playmaking, his connectivity, that's all great, but other diminishing returns if he's also out there with Scotty Barnes, if he's out there with Jakob Hurdle or Pascal Siakam, do you really get the most out of Anthony Black? And is it just kind of adding more of this sort of sameness that we see in the skill sets that a lot of these guys on the Raptors possess? I, I really wish Anthony Black could shoot. If he could shoot, if he was a 35% shooter in school this year and there was a little bit more in terms of free throw touch and the jumper itself looked a little bit smoother, 
I would be like so banging the drum. Anthony Black is the type of player the Raptors should go after. He's the type of guy who's going to you know make others better, which is you know ultimately uh, the type of guy you want to pick. But the three point shooting, I think, does potentially limit his overall ability to be that sort of elevator of players around him. You know, the sort of comparison point for him is Lonzo Ball in a lot of cases. A lot of places you read, that's where Kevin O'Connor has him lined up as a comparison on the Ringer Draft Guide and. For me, like, Lonzo Ball is, like, a really good three-point shooter. That's what makes the Lonzo Ball thing all work. That's why he's such an impactful player. And he came in out of college branded as, like, a revolutionary three-point shooter. There were pieces written about how the Ball brothers were going to change the game with their half-court range and all this stuff. Never quite panned out that way, of course. But Lonzo Ball works and is a very good player because he's a good three-point shooter on top of all the other stuff he does. And if Anthony Black can figure out that three-point shot, oh boy, it's really, really exciting. But I don't know if there's enough there as far as promising signs towards him really moving towards being a knockdown guy for me to feel comfortable with him as the pick. Again, he might be the single coolest player that I've ever advocated for the Raptors to not select on draft night. That said, if he falls to the Raptors at 13, maybe it's just a talent thing and you just have to take a guy who's been branded as a top 10 guy all year. But as of right now, as cool as Anthony Black is, and we'll get into some of the stuff that he does well, some of the areas for growth for him, uh, and, and where he kind of sits in the mock draft sphere as it stands right now, uh, we'll get into all that. But but right now, he just does not feel like a very good fit with this Raptors team. And I, Rue saying that, I don't like it. I don't like drafting for fit either. It just, it's the thing with this draft. There are going to be so many guys, it seems, available at 13 for the Raptors who do check more boxes of absolute needs that the Raptors have than Anthony Black that I think I'm skewing away from wanting him. But I promise you, I'm going to love watching Anthony Black wherever he ends up. He's going to be a type of dude that I like kind of glom onto because he does all the stuff that is just putty for me. Passing on the move, defensive versatility. He's 6'7". He really kind of knows where to be. He can stay in front of smaller guys. He can blow up passing lanes. Really good positionally. Just like a really good team basketball player, it seems. That's the stuff Sean loves, but I just don't know if it's the right fit on this team at this time. We'll come back on the other side, get into some of the good stuff that Anthony Black does do, and maybe some reasons for optimism that maybe down the line there could be more of a fit here with what the Raptors got going on. We'll get to that momentarily. Before we dive in there, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Game Time who've made buying tickets for sporting events as easy as it always should have been, should not be stressful buying tickets to a sporting event. This is supposed to be a fun thing, a thing that you look forward to, and Game Time is there to help you get the last-minute deals on the tickets that you want for the events that you want to go to. And really, the Game Time guarantee is where Game Time starts and ends. You should be using Game Time because of this. It means you're always getting the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's the Game Time guarantee, baby. And you gotta just, like, that That should be the reason, the impetus for you to get in on the Game Time action. I was, was perusing through Game Time last night. I'm going to Seattle, like I mentioned yesterday on the show, I'm going to Seattle in uh, August, and I'm going to a Mariners game. I'm very excited, and I will be buying my tickets on game time. I'm just right now in the selection process, but the selection process is great because I can see the photos of where the tickets are, so I know exactly what I'm buying. Go check them out right now. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. 
All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Sean Woodley here along. Uh, thanks, as always, to the everyday listeners of the show. If you are an everydayer, let us know in the comments. Let us know in the Discord. It's uh, always nice to see the everyday sickos out there. We love you. You're wonderful. You're the reason the show keeps on humming. Um, let's continue the Anthony Black talk, shall we? The, again, 6'7", Arkansas guard, was a freshman this past season, averaged 12.8 points, 5.1 boards, 3.9 assists, 2.1 steals. That's interesting. Uh, just about half a block. Three turnovers a game, a little high, but still a better than one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Playing for a team in Arkansas that was starved for spacing all year long, that was missing Nick Smith, who we'll talk about uh, as a potential Raptors pick here as well uh, for a chunk of the season as well. It was not exactly the most conducive environment to uh, smooth offense where there's space and passing lanes and all that stuff. So maybe take those turnover numbers with a grain of salt. Shot 51.3% on twos, 30.1% on threes, 70.5% at the line, 54.9% true shooting percentage overall kind of amalgamating all of the scouting reports. And again, the, those who I kind of lean on for these episodes, you can find all their links to their wonderful work in the description of the podcast. Uh, Raphael Barlow over at NBA Big Board, fantastic. Uh, Kevin O'Connor, the, the Ringer Draft Guide, very comprehensive. And Hoop Intellect on YouTube, a really, really excellent uh, channel that you want to go check out for all these draft prep, you know, prep videos. Um, kind of bringing all together the, the sort of the consensus feelings on Anthony Black. Here's what kind of stands out again the number one thing to me is he's really cool and that's like a big thing for me if I'm watching a player play for my basketball team 82 times a year I would like to watch a cool basketball player Anthony Black certainly would scratch that itch if he were on the Raptors he just he does a lot of things that pop off the screen in particular it's the passing and man the passing is really impressive whether he's passing from a standstill, maybe like making an entry pass, going high-low, uh, passing on the move in the pick-and-roll. He can just make really good-looking reads either hand. Um, you know, there's a couple, you know, highlights that pop off where he's just like making these beautiful passes to the corner, hitting guys right in the pocket, coming around the screen. Uh, there's a lot to like with the way that Anthony Black, Black passes. And he also plays this sort of unorthodox sort of, probing zigzaggy style honestly this kind of goes more into the overlap with other guys in the Raptors issue I've been talking about where think about Pascal Siakam when he's running a pick and roll he's not jetting downhill around the corner and, and making it into the teeth of the defense really quickly he's probing he's waiting he's moving side to side he is using his spin move and counters and all this stuff Scotty Barnes kind of similar he's kind of bobbing and bouncing with those big pogo stick legs to the spots that he wants to go to as opposed to just darting straight to them and Anthony Black is pretty similar in the way he go about to, goes about his pick-and-roll operation from what I've watched. It's, you know, he'll get around the, the screen, and then he doesn't quite have the, the corner turned. He's not really going to burst right into the teeth of the defense. He's going to use his ass. He's going to get guys on his hip. He's going to zigzag. He's going to change direction. He's going to snake the pick-and-roll. And that's all really fun stuff to watch. Like, it's a really interesting sort of blend of, uh, of things that he does to counter his lack of a big first step in explosiveness. And the fact that he's 6'7 makes it more viable to do that as well. I mean, Pascal Siakam can be a slow probing pick and roll operator because all else fails, he can just pull up and shoot over somebody because he's tall and big. Anthony Black at 6'7 
his size advantage is going to be even more amplified, you would think, if he's playing up against regular guards. You know, if he's being guarded by someone who's 6'2", 6'3", guess what? Worst comes to worst, he can pull up and shoot over a guy and not get the shot blocked. Um, you know, he hasn't had a ton of great luck on his uh, his jump shot necessarily, but, uh, you know, that's a thing he can do. And Hoopin Elect noted that the floater is there's some good potential for a pretty reliable floater to come along there with Black, and you can see it. When he's working the pick and roll, he's getting guys on his hip, he's kind of using his butt to create space for himself, keep the ball protected. There's that very easy sort of move up to that floater that I think uh, could become a big part of his game, and if Hoop Intellect says it, then I'm going to trust what Hoop Intellect says, because he's really good at what he does. Um, you know, Potentially, he's a pretty good scorer around the rim as well. Like he, 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 you know, shot better than fifty percent on twos. That's nice to see. Um, can either get there on his own with those sort of longer probing drives, or he can be a cutter, get there off the ball. Um, and you know, the, the off ball stuff. It would be great if you could sort of weaponize him as an, as an off ball player. He's got the smarts and the sort of instincts and feel for the game to, I think, really affect the game. There, it just comes down to the shooting and the three point shooting is just not there. Um, the other parts of his game that are fun, defense, like super long for his position, can stick in front of smaller guys, can switch up a couple positions as well if he needs to, um, you know, and there's a world in which maybe he can even slide up and guard like fours. It's hard to say, like, you know, it depends on who the four is on the given team. Is he going to go guard Evan Mobley or Jared Allen in those sort of big man duo combo front courts? Probably not, but a smaller power forward, why not? He's 6'7", he's big, he's strong. Um, 2.7 stocks as a freshman, steals plus blocks a game. Like, he's going to be disruptive, he's going to be a defensive playmaker, and he again, he just kind of seems to understand and know where to be. It, truthfully, if Nick Nurse were the head coach, he would fit like a glove into the Raptors' defensive system under Nick Nurse. Because he's so long, because he's got such a great read and, and sort of knack for the game, he'd probably be wonderful at the digging down and, you know, adding extra help and jumping passing lanes that the Raptors really, really prioritize. Um, and, you know, if you thought it were advisable to continue forth with Vision 6-9, which I don't think it does because I don't think it leaves you with a roster with enough variability in terms of skills, uh, but if you did feel like that, if you think Vision 6-9, like this is the way to go forward, Anthony Black while only 6'7", might be like the point guard to tie that whole vision together in a perfect world where maybe the shooting comes along a little bit more. Of course, it feels like the Raptors got to pivot away from that a little bit. They've already started to with the acquisition of Jakob Pertle. Hopefully they go guard in this draft and continue to kind of diversify the skill sets. But uh, that's kind of where it feels with Anthony Black. He would fit on a different version of this team for sure. It's just where they are right now. The crossroads they're at with the coaching situation and just like the dire need for shooting on this team makes me a little bit worried um you know his feel for the game is very obvious a really fun comparison that hoop intellect pointed out again i don't love player comps but if you're looking to sort of contextualize anthony black's game with comparison to an nba player that's totally useful uh josh giddy was noted by hoop intellect in their video as like a potential match obviously the shooting issues are real but the defense and playmaking are super fun and josh giddy was awesome this season like super fun and if that three-point shot does come along then you're talking about a totally different type of player um you know, I, he was even quoted, actually, Anthony Black, in that Hoop Intellect piece. There was a, a clip from, a, I think, an ESPN show where Anthony Black talked about how he watches a lot of Josh Giddy and tries to model his game after him a little bit as well. So if you're a Giddy head, then you're going to like Anthony Black. Again, I love Josh Giddy. He's super fun. I'm going to love Anthony Black wherever he plays. Problem is, again, the fit and the areas of growth that kind of bleed into that situation. The three-point shooting's just not there. Shot 30% at Arkansas this year, and... 
you're banking on if you're drafting him that he can grow into that three-point shot and it's a big bet if you're the Raptors especially considering at the spot they are in the draft there are going to be a lot of guys who are more proven three-point shooters whether Cason Wallace falls there whether it's Kobe Bufkin or Jordan Hawkins or any number of guys who might be there even Keontae George like all of them have a better track record, better positive indicators that three-point shooting is going to be part of their bag. It's not quite there with Anthony Black. And again, I'm no shot doctor. I'm not some Mike Penberthy level. I can look at this jumper and decide whether it's broken and then reconstruct it if it needs to be. I'm not that. But just like looking at it with my eyes, his jump shot looks like it needs some work. And, and like it, it is kind of bricky in the way uh, a lot of those shots go up. You know, you, some guys you'll see, they put a lot of spit on the ball. They got high arc. They get the nice shooter's rolls. Feels like when Anthony Black misses, it just like ricochets off like faster than it came in at. It's, uh, it's kind of wild. Um, so there's going to be some work that needs to be done there. You know, he creates mostly for others when he drives. This is kind of another area for growth with him as well. He doesn't have that crazy first step, as I've kind of mentioned, and so it's going to be tough for him to like walk into his own jumpers. Again, the size will help with that probably, but it doesn't feel like he's right now someone who's going to go and just like, all right, we need a bucket. Go get one, Anthony Black. That's not really his game. He'll create for others on the drive, but again, the Raptors already have so many guys like that who are those sort of probing pick-and-roll operators who can help others on the drive. Uh, it just feels like a little bit too much of like the same sameness and a little just kind of like, again, mix it up, please, in the terms of the types of players you have on the roster. That would be a dream. Get complementary skills, get fresh skills, get guys who bring things that other guys in the team don't have. Anthony Black, honestly, if you're looking for other comparisons to him, like Scotty Barnes is not like a crazy one. Obviously, Barnes more athletic, uh, you know, kind of can play all over the place. It's a different story. He's just so big and strong. But like pass first guy with a little bit of offensive question, like the Raptors have this player a lot kind of replicated over their history. And right now, it just does not feel like the thing that they need. Um We'll come back on the other side quickly and run through his potential fall on draft night and how it's tied to Bilal Koulibaly. I'll update my personal board of the guys we've talked about on the podcast and where Black slots in, and we'll round out the show from there. But in the meantime, just a reminder, go check out Locked on Blue Jays as the Blue Jays are a wildly frustrating baseball team right now. They're driving me kind of nuts. I don't really like watching them all that much at the moment, but... There's lots of stuff going on to be broken down. Alec Manoa getting sent down to the minors. That's crazy. Craig Ballard will have it broken down for you over on Lockdown Blue Jays. So please go check it out and support that show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, let's round out the show here with a look at a potential draft night fall for Anthony Black. Again, most of the season, he's been kind of mocked anywhere between like 5th and 10th in most places. I believe right now, Raphael Barlow has him going 9 to the Utah Jazz in his latest mock draft uh, from lottery night. Kevin O'Connor, I believe, has him going 10 to the Dallas Mavericks. And that is, I think, sort of at the low end of where he's been projected. And so... If he is being projected to one of those teams, and Bilal Koulibaly, as is reported, is maybe making a rise up draft boards, and, you know, again, this Jazz thing is fascinating, because the Jazz have 9 and 16 in this draft. If they really fancy themselves that they want a guard, which it seems like, you know, stands to reason they would want that. They have Walker Kessler, they have Larry Markkinen, they are uh, pretty set in the front court, you'd think, going forward, as far as their team building plan. Um, you know, if they feel like they want a guard, maybe they think that's a better chance they get, uh, you know, a guard of some quality at 16. 
and you can get a guy like Koulibaly, who's a bit more of an upside play with number nine, and still feel like you got what you want on both ends, whereas maybe you draft a guard at nine, and Koulibaly's gone by 16, because the Raptors have definitely taken him if he's there, uh, and and you're sitting there like, oh man, I wish we kind of done the reverse order here, as 16 has come along, and there's like four guards here who we could take, so it does, like, it passes the smell test as, like, pre-draft smoke screens and reports go, as far as the Jazz maybe wanted to target Koulibaly at nine, and if that's the case, then that takes off a potential landing spot for Anthony Black and potentially sees him fall a little bit closer to the Raptors. I don't see the Thunder being an Anthony Black team as they have a ton of guards already. They already have Josh Giddy. Talk about overlapping skill sets. Let's just get a second Josh Giddy in the door. I don't really see that being what the Thunder do here. Uh, at number 11, the Orlando Magic have plenty of guards, but they don't have guards who can shoot, really, and Anthony Black would seem to exacerbate those existing problems. Um, so really, if he slips past 10 at the Mavericks, I think there's a very real chance that Anthony Black is there for the Raptors. And the question then becomes, you know, maybe you have your preferences. I certainly have guys who I would probably rank higher than Black just as fits with the Raptors right now. But if you're a guy in Anthony Black who's been projected as a top 5 to 10 pick all season long, who then falls to 13... Are you overthinking it if you're the Raptors in not taking him there? Is this like a best player available thing? And look, the whole concept of best player available, I think is kind of dumb because it's a very subjective thing. And anyone who professes to know who the best player of a batch of 20 and 19 year olds is going to be, I think is lying through their teeth, frankly. Um, And so like, it's all eye of the beholder there. You could think one guy's best player available and other people would think another and that's fine. Um, You know, so... Will Anthony Black be the best player available if he's there at 13? Maybe, if that's what you think, but maybe you think someone else will be better. It's it's a tough thing. So it is tricky. Is it like a missed opportunity if a guy like that who's been, you know, had a pretty high pedigree as a draft prospect all season long falls to a place in the lottery at 13 where maybe he wasn't envisioned to go for? Are you foolish for passing on him for a guy like Kobe Bufkin who all season long has been ranked below Anthony Black? I don't think the Raptors really care. Like the Raptors, we know they're not going to go with consensus. They're going to go with what they think internally is the best move. And so I'm not worried about them feeling obligated to take Anthony Black if he's there at 13. Um, And and look, if they took him, I would not be like throwing a hissy fit over it or anything like that. Again, he's a very cool basketball player. Count me in, in favor of adding cool basketball players to the team that I like to watch all the time. But as far as fit goes, I don't think he's the right fit. And I, and I don't think his skill set would be amplified or sort of put in the position to best succeed on this team because there are other guys who do what he does. And Scotty Barnes, you could argue, probably does, does it better. And so, you know, again, is it best player? Is it a missed opportunity for a guy to fall to 13 and not take him there? I don't really think so. Just go with what your internal gut says. If your internal numbers say, God, Anthony Black is just so much better than all these guys, then you got to take him. Um, to me, though, he feels like he's maybe sort of already fallen a little bit more towards like the Case and Wallace tier, tier of guards. He's not really considered, it seems, as like a potential surprise top four or five pick anymore. And so maybe he, he just you just kind of lump him in with this whole class of pretty interesting guards who all have very different skill sets. Some of them, most of them, bring more of what the Raptors desperately need right now than what Anthony Black does. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. As far as like... It's kind of hard. My personal board, we've talked about six players now uh, on the podcast with these sort of individual deep dives. And so I keep on updating my board. And it's tough to place Black because I think of all the guys we've talked about, he's like clearly the least 
glove-like fit with the team. But also, have you seen him pass on the move? Like, it rocks. It's really fun to watch. And so I've kind of bumped him up a little bit, even if I don't fully believe he should be the pick for the Raptors. Um, Kobe Bufkin is still my number one. I just think the way he blends the on and off ball on offense and, and the way he can compete on defense not have to have the ball in his hands to be effective, good cutter, good going to the rim. Like, I just think he checks a lot of boxes for the Raptors. So he's still number one for me. I flip-flop between Cason Wallace and Jordan Hawkins and probably will keep doing that between now and draft night as my number two. Right now I have Wallace number two, Hawkins number three, subject to change based on my feelings on a given day. And then I have Anthony Black at four among the guys we've talked about, just ahead of Bilal Koulibaly, who I just think is too much of a risky project for the Raptors to invest themselves in right now. And Keontae George, who just doesn't impress me on tape as much as these other guys do, um, even though he's got more of a shooting game than, than Black does, I, I think the playmaking side of things and just sort of the general burst in all of this, I don't love the package with Keontae George. I think Anthony Black's just a better player. So I have him ranked ahead, but I don't love the idea of him being the guy for the Raptors at 13. The thing is, if he's there at 13, there will be other guys. It's not like all the guards are going to be gone, right? Like, if he's there at 13, it's probably because non-guards have gone higher and there's just more choice for the Raptors at 13. And maybe that's like the worst-case scenario where you're spoiled for choice between a bunch of really good options and then you're kind of fretting over, oh my god, did we make the right pick? Did we, did we screw up? It's sort of like... Um, like like first overall pick syndrome in a year where there's not a clear first overall pick. It's like, oh my God, this is such pressure. Do we draft Andrea Bargnani? I guess we have to. There's no other obvious pick. And then you kind of get in some trouble. Um, you know, you'd rather be at 13 where the decision's almost made for you. I don't think that's going to be the case though, because it seems like there's going to be a whole lot of guards available there for Toronto. Anthony Black potentially among them, which is surprising considering where he's been mocked all year. And frankly, I came into this pre-draft process thinking, I'm probably not even going to talk about Anthony Black because there's just no way he's going to be there. But the way the reporting's going with Bilal Koulibaly and, and just sort of the way it seems like Case and Wallace is maybe rising in people's opinions versus Anthony Black, maybe has a bit more of a, of a ready NBA game shooting-wise, you know, it, it's tough. It, it, all these things are very subject to, like, ending situation. Who who drafts these guys? Who, who will move them along? Like, we, we have all these sort of feel like we got it all figured out before the draft, but mostly it's all dependent on where these guys end up more than anything else. And so it's tough. Anthony Black's cool. No doubt about it. I'm going to like watching him play NBA basketball. No doubt. I just ultimately think he's not the right guy for the Raptors. If he's there at 13, you can scream and yell. If you think otherwise, I'm more than all open to being proven wrong on this one. And I would love to be proven wrong. If Anthony Black can come in and become a really good three point shooter, holy hell, you have yourself a player on your hands. But I'm just a little, it's a little squeamish about it. I would just, there's guys who have a little bit more of a proven track record to be able to knock them down. And I think the Raptors got to go for that right now. Just the way their roster is, there might not be a team that's been more in need to, of drafting for need and fit than the Raptors are at 13, just because of the way that their whole roster seems like they've got like the same guy replicated all over the place. It's just, I don't think the way to build a, a fun, dynamic, interesting, cohesive basketball team. And so mixing it up a little bit would be great, even if it costs them the chance at drafting Anthony Black. With that, we'll leave it there. Please let us know in the comments whether you disagree or you feel about Anthony Black. Are you hoping he falls to 13 with the Raptors? If not, uh, you know, who you got? Where are you at? Where, where, what are your favorite picks right now? 
Thanks, as always, to those who tune in every day. You're the very best people in the world. All the people who tune in on, on less regular occasions, also pretty wonderful as well. Thank you for supporting the show. Please go subscribe, rate, review, follow, tell a friend, wherever you get your podcasts. The, free, the podcast is there for free. We're on YouTube. Please go subscribe there as well. And, of course, join the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. Super fun and, uh, yeah, a great little community, friendly camaraderie around the Toronto Raptors, a team that is kind of driving us all insane right now as we uh, wait and wade into these very murky waters. Uh, the offseason as unclear as the skies over southern Ontario. How about that? Look at the thematic close to the show. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again on Thursday as we will dig into, hmm, let me decide right now. We're going to talk Nick Smith. All right, we're going to go Arkansas back-to-back days. Isn't that fun? Thanks so much. We'll talk to you then. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging.